The scripture this morning is Acts chapter 2, verses 22 through 41 on page 9 of your worship booklet, if you have it. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad, and my tongue rejoiced, my flesh also will dwell in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades, or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet and knowing that God had sworn an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God. And having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this unto yourselves, and you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but, the, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore Know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. This is the word of the Lord. Well, if you remember last week, we were looking at the beginning, the introduction of this sermon. And so there's some place here that we're reading this sermon that, that Peter delivered on the day of Pentecost. So we're still, just for context, 50 days out from Passover, 50 days out from the resurrection. And here Peter is empowered by the Holy Spirit to share forth this 
first sermon to this growing group of people. They're there for a festival. They hear this commotion and they run towards it and they begin to hear Peter say, this is what's going on. And that's that passage in Joel we talked about. And then Andrea just now read to you the sermon that Peter preached. So as a pastor and a preacher, I have to stop and think, do I preach too long? That didn't seem very long, did it? And we think contextually, oh, what else is there to be said then in all that's there? No. (laughs) Because here's what happens. Did you catch it? (laughs) At the end of this passage, we see this. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them. He might have gone on for two hours. We don't know. But what we do know is that what we have at the beginning, what we're looking at today, is an exhortation, a calling forth of who Jesus is and what he has done. And then he went on to explain it more after they've had a very amazing response to it. So what is this sermon about? What is he holding out to the people there? He knows, first of all, that they are all Jews, whether they are by heritage or whether they have come into Judaism. They are there because they're celebrating the festival. And so they're present because they are devout Jews, not just side Jews, not just people who are like, yeah, yeah, you know, but those who are actually seeking God through the way Judaism at this time is saying, this is how you seek God. God. This is what we're moving to. We know that because he says men of Israel. Now that doesn't disinclude women, but he's responding in the cultural time of who is there to listen. And then he goes right to the heart. He says, Jesus of Nazareth. Now there we're only 50 days out. <laughs> so people there would go, Jesus, yes, that guy that just got crucified. Right, They would know and remember who he is talking about. And so in their minds, they're thinking, oh, that criminal, that person that we cried out crucified, that one that that tried to get us in trouble with Rome, that one. And Peter says to them, Jesus, who God proved to you is Jesus, who he says that he is, by works and wonders and signs that he did in your midst. And then he says this, for you know that. You know that he did signs and works and wonders. You were present. And even if you weren't present, your friends were present and they told you about it. Because to gather up the people to say crucify him, they had to know who he was. And so they said Jesus of Nazareth. They had an idea of who he was. And Peter, right away, empowered by the Holy Spirit, says, you don't know who he is, yet you do. You do because God himself attested, said, this is who the Messiah is by doing the signs and wonders. He goes further and he says, oh, and guess what? You think you're the ones who made the plan to kill him. You believe that in your wisdom, the best way to to deal with Jesus was to get rid of him. And Peter says this to them. 
Jesus, this one that you know who did all these things, was delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. In a sense, he's saying, don't think you're that big. That what took place is all according to what God had planned since the foundation of the world. That he knew that he would be coming in steadfast love to self-sacrifice himself to bring us into complete wholeness and righteousness and truth with him. That that's Jesus that you thought was just a troublemaker, in fact, is the Messiah. And it was God's plan all along to bring about his death, and not only his death, his resurrection, so that death would be defeated and new life would come. Now, he says he had your help (laughs) because you crucified him and killed him at the hands of lawless men. And then God raised him up out of death so that he would not be corrupted. And then he has this great quote from the book of Psalms. Verse 16, I mean chapter 16. This is David proclaiming out and he says, I saw the Lord always before me for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced and my flesh also will dwell in hope for you will not abandon my soul to Hades and let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life and you will make full gladness within your presence. And those who are there that are going, yes, the Jesus Nazareth, the troublemaker who we put to death. Oh, now you're quoting David to us. That's David talking about David. Why are you telling us about David, Peter? And Peter says, no, no. Guess what? David died. He's in a tomb. I can take you to it right now. He's suffered corruption. His body has deteriorated. You think this is about David, but it's not. See, this is about Jesus because David, being a prophet, knew that God had sworn that this would take place. Knew that before the foundation of the world, that the death and resurrection of Jesus was written out already. So that salvation could come to all people. Remember, Joel says, to all who call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. And so he says, this person, this king that you hoped would have an eternal line forever and ever, this one who would give security to Israel, this Messiah that you've been looking for. In fact, David was talking about him in this psalm. And more so, more so, he is raised from the dead and ascended into heaven. David didn't do that. He he comes back and he gives him another quote out of Psalms and says, you think this is about David? It's, It's not. And he gets to his point of conclusion in a sense and says, so let all of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you've crucified. Let it be known across all of Israel that you put to death God, the Lord, Yahweh, and the Messiah, the one you had hoped for and longed for. And what is their response? It says, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. 
Their heart is broken. They recognize that something is off. But the question has to be for us, what? What cut to their heart? What made them go, oh no, (laughs) this is bad news? Well, I would say it's much like all of us. For those that were there, those who were present, these devout Jews, whether by heritage or by choice, coming into the Jewish religion, they had built their identity and who they were based on the rules and regulations, based on the hope of a Messiah, based that they were God's only chosen people, and that they would someday have freedom in Israel. Their whole lives were based on this idea that the Messiah would come from the line of David and when he did, he would put down, make all the enemies his footstool, right? That's what that psalm says. And then they would reign. How many of us build our identity on our hope on things that will pass away. In in maybe even just a twist of what we think we're supposed to be, that we move out of alignment of how God created us to be. I'm not proud of the fact that for many years of my life, I took great comfort in knowing that I was a third-generation pastor and Christian. For some of my life, I even thought to myself, my granddad was a great Christian. I'm sure I can sneak in under his good graces. That's how Israel these Jews who were present were thinking. Because of who we are or who we think we are, we have entrance. And Peter here, very quickly, empowered by the Holy Spirit, dismantles completely who they believe they were by saying, you missed it so much so that you killed him. So who are we then? (laughs) How are we moved? How are we supposed to find our primary, our truth identity? Well, it is only through the Messiah. It is only through the one who is called the Lord and Christ. It is only through Jesus who came. He died so that he would remove all barriers to us from recognizing what God had done for us. That God created us in his image so that we could be his image bearers, but more so his children, so that we could know his steadfast love and walk in that completely and show it forth to those that we encounter. That Jesus makes that way by his cross and resurrection. That, That word that is used about loosening the pangs of death, That word is is really about um, birthing pains. He uses the idea that it is being reborn. 
And so all the things that we hold to be our identity, all the things that we use to give us some security of who we are, we must die to those things and be reborn in our truth identity, which is in Christ alone. Giving us the ability to see God most high and walk in his way. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. We may work hard to do it ourselves, but we must wait for Jesus to bring it about for us. How do we know that? Well, their response is this. What are we supposed to do? And Peter tells them, repent. First, repent. Turn away from that false identity. Walk away from the things that you've built your life on that will surely give way and you will lose hope. Not just the evil, bad things that you do, not just the outgrowing of those actions that are hurtful to others. Yes, you need to repent of those. But more so, you need to repent of a heart that says, I will sit on the throne. I will form my own identity. I will make my way the way I want. We turn from that when we see the glory of God. We turn from that when we see the steadfast love that comes towards us. We repent. We name it. And we claim it. And we say, no more. But we can't do that on our own. He says, then you step into baptism in the name of Jesus. Jesus said in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost that we step into that baptism so that we identify and we are sealed in the covenant of God. We do that if we're adults in a place where we recognize it and we say, yes, I want to do this. As those that believe in the covenant, we say we want to bring our children into that covenant and we baptize them into that covenant. And then they see and can claim, yes, God has worked and I am his and he is mine. And then he says, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, as we'll find out through Acts Sometimes the Holy Spirit comes before baptism. Sometimes it comes after baptism. There's all sorts of... The Holy Spirit can do what the Holy Spirit wants to do. But we know this, that we are not alone in trying to build our identity in Christ. In fact, we can't. But the Holy Spirit testifying to us over and over and over again, you are a son or daughter of God. I'm building you into the truth identity that you have. Don't put your hope in things that will pass away. Only the eternal, steadfast love of God. And he promises us that it's not just for us, but for our children. It's the reason why I said we are covenant people, and so we baptize our children as well. It's not just for me. Boy, that's good to know. Right? Because how I got in this mess is because I think it's all about me. Right? How we get in this mess of having a false identity, a place where we've put things that we think make us who we are, is because it's about me. Do you know me for who I am, who I want you to know me to be? Or am I walking in the truth of who God has made me? Mm. So it's not just about me. It's for my family and for the people who are gathered together in the church that are His 
And we know this because he says, and everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And then there's that great verse there that says, and he went on and exhorted them with many words. And those who received those words, who God had called to himself, were baptized. And there were about 3,000. Do you hear who Jesus is? Do you see that he comes to gently, compassionately, but forcefully destroy any identity that you might have that will lead to your destruction? That in fact he carried it on the cross and put it to death? so that in his resurrection you can walk empowered by Holy Spirit into the new life that he has given you. Not just a new life, but a life as it always was meant to be from the foundation of the world. And that in those moments when you recognize I've been trusting in an identity that's not my own and you're cut to the quick, it is not a whole lot you have to do but believe. Say yes and call upon the name of the Lord. Repent and be baptized and receive the Holy Spirit. So just as Peter said at that moment, let me say to you, if you are being cut to the heart, if today (laughs) you are hearing the Father say, I love you. I died for you. I have something that will break you free from those things that will let you down and lead to your destruction. It is me through Christ. Respond. Respond today. And for those of us who get trapped by those things, for some reason we carry around in our back pocket some visage, some identity card that is from our old self that occasionally we get out and look at, or every day of every moment we get out and look at and say, oh, that's who I am. Run to the Father. Run to Jesus who will tell you who you are in Him. That you are my child who I deeply love. Knowing that because of his death and resurrection, we are empowered by Holy Spirit to have our identity, everything that we hope to be, everything that we believe we are, everything that we have been in the past gets transformed and wrapped up to be who God has made us to be. His child. And hear him say to you, I love you. (laughs) Come to me today. Let me pray. God, it is through you that we come to this place. And so we know that we want your words to be rich within us. And we ask that if there is anything that was said today that's not from you, that it will quickly burn up, that it will be erased from our memories, that it won't take root because we don't want that. But if there is things that is from you, let them take deep root in our hearts. Let them transform who we are. Let us hear you saying to us and calling us to be yours. 
Let it bring glory to you and let us respond. Receive glory and honor for you are God and the Messiah, the one who delivers. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's stand.